Okay, gardeners, it's been a couple of months. I'm weeding uh, my edible garden right now. Uh, it's been nice having a little bit of a break from producing the podcast, but I thought I would do a midsummer update, although it feels like late summer almost. It's end of, almost end of July. It's the 22nd as I'm out here recording this. And summer has kind of gone pretty quickly. I have not done a whole heck of a lot of gardening. I did a lot of, um, we let the edible garden go in the spring because we thought, hey, we're gonna re redo these beds. And that came and went and we didn't. And just the weeds got out of control. So I, I hoed all of the, all of the paths and I pulled some weeds in a few beds, but mostly just kept to the paths. Got mulched down on everything except for one bed, one area around the bed. But again, my husband was like, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do this bed soon. So let's not put mulch there because it's gonna just get messy." And here it is, July. <laughs> we still haven't had a chance to do any of that, and the weeds around that are getting bad. And I'm like, I wish we had, I wish I'd put some mulch down there. Um, so I'm kind of dealing with the repercussions of that, but now I'm trying to weed some of the beds that I just never got to. Um, it wasn't a priority for me. Um, it's a lot. Uh, if you've listened long enough, you know that we have about almost an acre and a quarter. And it's definitely not all uh, in garden. It's A lot of it's just lawn and, and natural shrubbery and trees and things like that. So we have the edible garden. It's fenced off for deer, and then we have our our flower beds close to the house and I don't know when you have when you work full-time and you have a kid and you have other hobbies and you know it was one thing last year kind of with COVID uh, being able to stay home and and, and do stuff uh, a little bit downtime when you're working from home another thing when you're back in the office and just life gets busy and now you're seeing people again because some people are vaccinated and life is a little bit better uh, things get pushed to the side and, and gardening has been kind of like that for me. I've just tried to maintain a couple of the flower beds pretty well. I need, I definitely need to go through and weed them. They're not terrible. They're much more manageable than the vegetable garden has gotten. And, um, just a lot. Um, you know, I'm kind of envious of some of those folks who are able to have these great landscaped gardens from Especially those naturalistic gardens, the 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 Pete Oldolf uh, variety. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people have help, and uh, you know when you're just when you don't have help, you're doing it yourself. It's hard, and I can see why people definitely downsize their gardens. Um, I mean, I've already been kind of thinking about uh, in the vegetable garden, less vegetables, more flowers, so there's less. Um, maintenance involved, less turnover in some of the beds. Um, and obviously you can always just change your mind on some of that, but part of part of that allure of changing some of these beds out to uh, flowers is being able to grow some plants that I can't grow in our flower garden because of the deer. But since it's fenced, I can do more of that here. And I've done a little bit of that this summer. I've tried to grow some zinnias. And some of them did well, others did not. Uh, again, I let the weeds get a little bit crazy. And we had a lot of rain in May, which produced a lot of, just some minor flooding issues. 
Um, so part of the garden gets just gets really soggy uh, because it's in a low-lying area. And so, yeah, so not, not everything grew as I expected it to grow, at least the zinnias. Um, but that's part of the reason I was thinking I could grow them in the main beds. I put them in the perimeter in the also in a little bit of a shadier spot. So it's not, they didn't do so well, but some, some grew. Um, I'd like to, you know, have a half a bed of zinnias and another half a bed of, oh goodness, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> whatever I can grow. And maybe some native plants that I know the deer chomp, like some native hibiscus and just kind of envisioning things in that aspect out here. But again, we've got to actually redo these beds before we get anywhere, <laughs> anywhere further down that road. And I don't know how long. It'll probably take us all fall to get everything done. And then we've got to assess how to do the perimeter beds. My husband, I think, is going to change our watering system on here. We have just like a overhead sprayer watering system going on. I think we're going to switch to drip uh, in the beds. That way the paths aren't getting watered. Less water in the paths, less chance for weed germination. I mean, it'll still happen, obviously, with rain and stuff, but it'll just be less of an issue in that aspect and the mulch won't break down as fast our mulch breaks I don't, our mulch breaks down very fast i don't know how it works out in your region but here in hot humid houston mulch you know it lasts a season or two and by season i mean like i put this new mulch down in the spring and i'm gonna have to do it again probably in the winter um definitely when we're after we redo these beds i'll put new mulch down um so there's that <laughs> and yeah the flower gardening has done has been okay flowers are doing well my woodland bed that I've been working on for the last couple of years to rehabilitate and to get into something that works you know I've tried to do a lot of native plants in there it's definitely not I'm calling it woodland because it's not all native I have several non-native salvias uh, some other stuff that I can't think of off the top of my head that's not native uh, a flowering maple um, just some things that that work that the deer don't eat that I've kept um, and I've just been slowly adding natives honestly what I've been doing is adding natives from around the yard a lot of sedges and native grasses that I've been in a, excuse me that I've identified and have been putting them in there and kind of trying to make this nice little mosaic in there and it's starting to come together I think next year it's gonna look really good um, I also bought a couple things from a native plant seller on Etsy that was actually reputable. Um, you can run into a lot of uh, not so great sources on Etsy, but this guy <laughs> was pretty reputable. Um, got some nodding onions, and then I think I only bought two or three bulbs, and they bloomed. I just noticed them a couple days, uh, a couple weeks ago. They bloomed, and I was just like ecstatic because I kind of forgot about them. And not really thinking of, of their bloom time being now, mostly because of our other native alliums here in Houston, you know, bloom this spring. So I kind of figured, oh, we'll have to wait till next spring to see that. But uh, apparently the bloom time is actually right in now. And extremely uh, excited about that. So I almost, I almost bought some seeds, you know, maybe bulbs off of Prairie Moon. Prairie Moon was having a Camassia bulb cell a few uh, weeks ago and they're going to ship that out in August. So I bought five bulbs and I almost, 
I almost bought some seeds of this uh, nodding allium, but changed my mind when I thought, okay, well, hopefully mine will set seed and I can just start some plants from that. So I think I'm gonna try to go that route instead of buying something from Prairie Moon, just be a little patient and or I can also just um, that seller on Etsy when he reopens his shop in the fall, I will just, can always buy from him because I think they were just like $2 each. They were super affordable. And I can't think of his shop name right now, but I'll put it in the uh, show notes for y'all to check out. Again, he's not open at this time, but he is on Etsy. Um, he's on Etsy. <laughs> Obviously, I just said that, but he's on Instagram as well. Um, and I had bought some other uh, Penstemons from him. Oh, another Carex, uh, Gray Eye, I believe. And it, it did well as well. Um, shipped some bare root stuff. So, yeah, I've been pretty pleased with that. I've been on a mission to find native plants. It's really hard. You have to kind of grow stuff yourself, which means, you know, grabbing seed pods from the side of the road or, or places you're legally allowed to collect um, and trying to go that route. And it's definitely been uh, difficult to, to do which is why it's a mostly native garden, <laughs> not a totally native garden. So I'm out here just pulling all these weeds. Ugh. Oh goodness. Mostly my problem child weed is Phylanthus urinaria chamber bitter. I have done a lot of work trying to reduce its population out here. The big problem happened after I had my son, I've mentioned this before, in the podcast after I had my son summer of 2015 we left the garden totally <laughs> went to weeds out here and this plant came up I didn't know what it was at first it looks like a mimosa uh, tree and we thought oh there's a lot of little mimosas no no it's not <laughs> the bad part about this plant is that it flowers on the back sides underneath uh, the leaflets and then it drops seeds, like extremely, it does not need to be a very mature plant to be dropping those seeds. So you really gotta get in there as soon as you start seeing that plant come up, getting it. Well, I'm also <laughs> in the position that I have a lot of uh, mature plants going on right now. So I'm gonna be reaping this issue for a while because I did not stay on top of it. We did not mulch all the, uh, the garden beds this spring like we normally do because again, we didn't do any edible gardening uh, this summer, uh, spring and summer. So that'll be fun. I did two summers ago um, sheet, not sheet mulch, um, the plastic sheeting down. I can't think of the word. Um, it is where you let the heat try to kill the weeds. And that did help, but again, it's not perfect. I did not do the beds themselves. And, you know, if it didn't get hot enough, and then, you know, all the seeds may not have got killed. And if I brought any seeds up from any other time. So it's just, it's a pain. I'm going to be fighting this forever. They're never going to go away. It is what it is. Uh, yeah. So that's some of the frustrations uh, going on right now. I also bought deer spray for the first time this year. I had, you know, been kind of using fish emulsion as... A little bit of a deterrent and it works 
uh, you know, as a fertilizer and as a deterrent for the deer, but it's not perfect. But someone on Twitter posted the brand that they used because they had used it and they said it worked really well. So I bought some and I, it does work. You definitely have to reapply it. Um, you're going to get a lot of rain. You're going to be reapplying it. It works. It's going to rain once. It's going to still be fine. But if it's, you get a week of rain, you may not want to be doing it. But I did. I have noticed a difference in using it. It's been actually a few weeks since I've sprayed. I should go around and spray again. Um, it does smell really, really bad. You want to do it in the evening when you don't want to be gardening. And I mean, you'll smell it the next morning too. Um, it does not go away. And uh, it's pretty gross. <laughs> but, you know, whatever can work. Um, you know, it's still not going to mean that I can grow a hibiscus out there. Uh, the deer, deer aren't going to care about that. But it'll help uh, that casual browsing that I don't want to happen to stop. So, and I do know that the deer are, definitely have seasonal patterns where they're worse than others. Um, early in the spring, it's not too bad, and I'll think, hey, I'm going to get away with it, and then it comes back to haunt me. Uh, <laughs> they come and, come and browse, and it's really annoying. Um, and I think I had a, an episode about gardening resolutions. I need to go re revisit that and see how, how I did, but I can definitely say it for now that we have not done so, so great on those gardening resolutions you know you have to, it's almost like the uh, your eyes are, are bigger than your stomach sort of situation <laughs> my, my goals are a lot bigger than my reality um, on that aspect and uh, yeah so over on Instagram I am you follow me over there I am at the garden path podcast I am trying to, I don't know, be a little more real. I've started trying to show, you know, the weeds uh, situation. Um, I think we get caught in a perfectionism, everything must look perfect vibe on social media. Like, let's show only the best things, which is, you know, great. I like to showcase our best things, but um, we're definitely, it's definitely a place where we edit and, uh, only show how things look and it doesn't you know that, that goes to you know showing how you look uh with maybe a filter and you're you're look good you don't have any blemishes but that goes to how our garden is it's uh also filtered in a in a way um you don't show the blemishes of the weeds or the deer brows or um the plant failures and that sort of thing so i'm trying to be a little more real over there uh, i'm also Speaking of real, I'm also trying to get into reels, uh, which is Instagram's version of TikTok. Um, I definitely enjoy watching reels, but uh, you know, first it was kind of intimidating, like expecting to, you'd have to dance because a lot of the reels are like dancing or lip syncing and that sort of thing. But you know, as reels have taken off, folks have really made a point to kind of make it their own. And so I'm trying to do the same thing. I've got some good ideas coming if you want to follow me over there on Reels. I'm going to try to have some fun with that and um, 
just coming up with different ideas as well. I thought I have something I need to do actually as a before and after from our freeze in February, like what survived, what it looked like uh, under, you know, several inches of snow and compared to, you know, midsummer and how the garden looks now. So that's an idea I'm going to be sharing soon too. As for the podcast, uh, I'll be back with full episodes, hopefully September. I was hoping this summer I would actually spend some time pre-recording some things, but I have not. I have been, I don't want to say lazy, but I've not been spending time at all preparing on the podcast. I do have a interview I need to reschedule with someone I was supposed to do it in the spring that did not happen. And I have ideas for um, obviously upcoming guests as well. But I also, I still want to do some solo episodes. I want to start showcasing native plants. I've been trying to showcase native plants on Instagram. Uh, little native plants to know and grow. I'd like to get over and translate that into the podcast episode. Just to get people to start thinking outside the box and start letting native plants grow in their own yards and uh, realizing the benefits of it. Um, we went to the San Antonio Botanic Garden a few weeks ago uh, for a weekend away and I don't know I'm just looking at their different gardens the native stuff in their more natural areas of the garden that's not really upkept it's it's a native hiking trail sort of situation um, but they're also their actual landscaped native sections were just far more attractive to me than just those perennial I'm sorry annual beds that just get changed out um, and I, you know, even the rose garden, I, I mean, I like the rose garden, but it's still like, I don't know, just something, something about those annual buds I just don't like. And I don't know if it's just because of growing up and seeing that sort of stuff in landscaping. I just, I just don't like it. And I'm not trying to insult anybody who, who does like it. I know that there's a taste for that. I just, I'd like I want to share the stuff that I'm passionate about and that's really just becoming native plants um, also tropical plants I love my tropical plants <laughs> uh, that as well and those are those are the kind of aspects of where I want to go with that I've also been previewing a lot of different books from publishers um, hard copies and then I, I read a lot of digital uh, advanced copies from NetGalley and try to get some of those authors on and you know sharing any kind of crossover episodes from my Florida Trail podcasts that are nature related I'd like to I like to share that kind of stuff I do have one already that I can can share and I have a couple coming up that I think would be of interest as well that's it for this episode I hope you have a great rest of summer and I will talk to you all in September <music>